You're listening to the Hollyview Podcast, a message from Hollyview Church in Damascus, Oregon. We hope this message encourages and challenges you in your daily walk with Christ, but doesn't replace the importance of gathering together each week with a local community of people that follow Jesus. It's together that we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Thank you for listening to the Hollyview Podcast. Now, we're going to get to a story today that is probably one of the most popular or well-known stories in all the Bible. It's the story of David and Goliath. I did a little research, I googled it, of the most popular or famous stories in in the Bible, and there's lots of uh, top ten lists of what those stories are, and most of them are the same, and they just uh, mix around a few uh, of the stories. But let me me show you one uh, that I found. Uh, The most... Um, famous story in the Bible is the crucifixion of Jesus, which is good. I'm glad that was number one. Uh, number two, David and Goliath. Number two. Uh, third was the birth of Jesus, then Jonah and the whale, Adam and Eve, Daniel and the lion's den, Noah's ark, and the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, any of those stick out as like, whoa, I didn't think that would be on there? Those, those are the stories we... You know, especially if you've grown up in church, you, these are the stories you just know, right? This very popular. But David and Goliath, number two. And if you look through lists of the most popular stories, it's usually, it's almost always in the top ten and usually in the top five uh, somewhere. David and Goliath. There's something about this story that has captured the attention and the imagination of people for uh, decades and centuries. It's a, it's a powerful story. But it's so close to us, you almost have to wonder what makes it so powerful. Well, this morning I want to invite you to join me for the next few moments as we discover the power of one of the most impactful stories that you'll come across, that, that you'll, ever, you'll ever hear. Um, we're going to do some, uh, a lot of reading today, the reading of God's Word. Uh, and so the story itself is just great. So I wanted to, I wanted to read just most of the story, but we'll, we'll make it in two sections uh, as we do. And, and I want to end with the power of the story and the main point of the story of David and Goliath. So it's going to be a very simple message, uh, but I hope you'll see the, the power uh, that's going to be there. So let me start by reading uh, in 1 Samuel 17 this morning. It's on page 224 if you want to grab a Bible in the pew and follow along or or grab your own Bible. It's on page 224 in those little uh, black Bibles in in the pews. 1 Samuel 17. It's a story uh, of the Israelites facing against the Philistines. They're on uh, two sides of these mountains and in between is like this very deep valley uh, that no one wants to cross. So, So they're stuck on these two opposing sides. So 1 Samuel 17, I'm going to start reading in verse 3. And the Philistines stood on the, mountain, on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He, that's really tall. <laughs> he had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. Uh, in Hebrew, that word male is actually uh, scales. Um, you, you can kind of picture it. It's, it's, it's an armor of just a bunch of scales uh, on him. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze, or about 100 pounds. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. Verse 7, the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, 
beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bear went before him. And he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves. Choose someone and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. We've focused in on this giant of a man who's superimposing, and all the nation of Israel is quaking and afraid. They're, they're scared for their lives. And now the, the scene is going to change, and we're going to focus on this little tiny shepherd boy. So we've gotten the picture of Goliath, and now look at the picture of this small shepherd boy in verse 12. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. Now in the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle, and the names of the three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistine came forward and took his stand, morning and evening. Verse 17. And Jesse said to David his son, Take your brothers and ephah of this parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commander of their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring some token from them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took the provisions and went, as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the, Philist the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words, be words as before. And David heard him. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. Let's stop for right there. Let me pray. Lord, as we come to this story that's, that's so familiar, Lord, I pray that your spirit would breathe new life in it, that we would see it afresh, we would see it with the power that is there. And so, Lord, I, I know there's going to have to be some, uh, some undoing of things to be able to see clearly. Uh, there's going to have to be a pricking of uh, a heart uh, to be able to approach it and not think, oh, I know this story so, Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes so that we could see. You'd open our ears so that we could hear what you would want to speak to us this morning. That you would soften our hearts. Let us be humble as we approach 
your word and see the power that's there as your word is living and active. Let it pierce to our hearts. Let it change us uh, and let us know you even better through this story. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, before we uh, dive into the story, uh, I want to point out there's some assumptions I'm sure all of us have uh, coming into it and some baggage that we all carry. Because this story is so close and so well known, it actually makes it harder to see uh, the main point. Um, It's not much different than uh, a young boy I knew a long time ago in uh, a Christmas play. we were, we were doing the story of Christmas through the Old Testament stories uh, in, the, in the Bible, that, the stories that whisper the name of Jesus. Uh, and so uh, one of those stories was David and Goliath. And, and we had the, the kids all up on the high rises singing Christmas songs and, and then doing these stories of the Old Testament. And so David and Goliath, and we had this, this uh, big red-headed high schooler kid come out as Goliath. He was wearing this you know, Flintstone outfit uh, with his spear, and he comes out and he challenges the, the children's high-rise, who are the Israelites. Choose for yourself someone to, to fight me. Who, who is it? Your God's nothing. I can fight any of you. Choose a man for yourself. Well, backstage, they were having a little bit of technical difficulties because they were trying to get the, who was going to be David dressed in his, all of his uh, outfit and get him ready, but it was taking a little bit longer than you would uh, anticipate. Uh, and so while Goliath is challenging this kid's choir, Choose a man for yourself. Who is going to fight me? One of the smallest kids, he was like four or five years old at the time, is looking around and not seeing anybody. And so he goes, okay. And he, he steps out to fight Goliath. Now, nobody really, you can see the picture. No one really knew, like, no one really knew in the audience, like, what's going on? Is this really David? I mean, it would be classic because he's so small. But David was behind the curtains. Can you see just behind the curtains there? There's a lady who was getting it all ready and goes, oh, no, now what do we do? Because uh, David was there in the story. And so we were like, okay, what, what are we supposed to do? Well, um, they ushered this, this, this kid who is Drake and Lynn's, it's the Glover's, it's Drake, Glover, who's, it's totally fits him. Uh, they ushered him back on the high rise. Thank you. You can take, this is your place in the story. And then David comes out and the story goes on. And, and I think all of us inside, because of uh, who we are in our culture, we cheer on Drake. Yes, you've, you stood up to that giant, this, the courageous, str- strong young boy who's going to be the hero to overtake him. And we take this and we, and we had uh, to, to sports teams and everything to... That's the, the, the part in the story we want to play, but that is actually not our part in the story, just like it's not Drake's part in the play either. There was a David. He was coming. And now, it's, it's funny. Uh, it's courageous. It makes it one of the most memorable Christmas programs we uh, have ever done. But when we do that, when we approach David and Goliath and we put ourselves in the place of David, uh, essentially what we do is we reduce God's word down to something like an Aesop's fable. 
Uh, you know, the tortoise and the hare. You just slow and steady wins the race. Uh, David and Goliath. The moral of the story is be brave and you too can conquer your giants. How many times have you heard that in well-meaning uh, messages and books and everything? And it's all about, come on, you can do it. You know, here's some comments I found on the story of David and Goliath. Uh, a great story about standing up to bullies. No matter how great and powerful your enemies are, as long as you've got God with you, you can overcome any battle. Here's another one. This story makes me realize that no matter how big our problems are, if you just believe and hold on to God, then surely you will overcome those challenges. And here's the third one. It teaches us that no matter how small you are or what age you are, as long as God is with you, everything's going to turn out good. Uh, and I think when we do that, and it's such a natural thing that we want to be David, uh, we end up taking... Uh, those, those are good moral tales. I mean, we want to be able to, you know, face our giants. We want to be strong and courageous. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this morning, that's not the point of David and Goliath. In this story, we need to resist the urge to be David from that perspective. We, we are actually the Israelites in this story. And the challenge is very clear. When you, change, when you can change that perspective, you can see the whole story is written written from that vantage point, because uh, the question of choose a man for yourself. Who, who are you going to choose to be a representative for you, to fight for you? Who is going to be the one to go in between you and death, you and your sin, you and slavery or, or freedom? In this story, you're not David, you're actually the one that needs a David. And that change in perspective, I, I think, is where the power lies in the story of David and Goliath. And, and it might be, for some of us, it might be, a, I need to rewrap my, my brain around the story of David and Goliath. See, for 40 days, Goliath has come out uh, from his side of the mountain into the valley and said, hey, I'm challenging you guys. Your, your God's nothing, you're nothing. Uh, come out and fight. Now, they're, they're on these two sides of the mountain, and in, be, in below, there's this valley, and if you go down there with your army, you're going to get decimated. I mean, you're in a completely vulnerable position. So, so basically, that valley is like death. It means death. Uh, and so both sides, that's why they're staying there. No one wants to go out because they know anyone that goes into that valley of, uh, like, death, they're going to get killed and just slaughtered. Uh, and so they just stuck there, and they're just yelling at each other. Well, uh, Goliath comes out, huge guy and says, hey, not everybody needs to die. Let's just be reasonable about this. Uh, he, he's huge, and he goes, just choose one of your guys. Which one of your guys is going to be a, a representative of your nation that will, that will fight me? Uh, which, which representative will come down into this valley of death and will, will fight with, with me? Well, uh, the nation of Israel, they, if you go back in the story, they've actually chosen that man. Uh, his name was Saul. Do you remember Saul, the description of him? He was head and shoulders above everyone. He was like a giant. They had already chosen him. They'd chosen a man who was going to lead them to represent them, to be the in-between. And where is Saul in the story? Hiding in his tent. Saul is not the man. Well, no one on the side of Israel is willing to step out into battle or are they capable to go. So for 
40 days, they're insulted by this man named Goliath. Until this runt of a kid comes named David. Well, you and I, we're Israel in the story. Uh, there, there's times when we're afraid. Uh, we know we don't have what it takes. We can't stop uh, a pandemic. We can't stop death from coming. We, can't, we, can't, we don't have enough to know what the future is going to hold and the uncertainty and all this stuff. Uh, we're, the, we're Israel in the story. And all of a sudden, this small boy comes and we go, what, what are you going to do? You're nothing. You you even left like a few sheep back at home, and not you. You don't even have a very big job. You are nothing. What does this guy think he's gonna do? So, so let me just frame this story for you here. As Israelites, afraid, overcome, overwhelmed, scared, without hope, have this anointed king of Israel that we saw from last week. An anointed king of Israel who is doing the will of his father is sent by his father to serve his brothers, his kinsmen, his people. The anointed king comes to his own and will see that his own reject him. Uh, let, me, let me read the second half of the story, starting in verse 25. And the men of Israel said... Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him. And great riches will will give him his daughter and will give him his daughter and make his father's house uh, free in Israel. He goes tax free and he's going to get married into the, uh, the king's family. Verse 26. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, when David speaking to these guys. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, well, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him towards another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. When the words, of David, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And so Saul sends for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck both lions and bears. 
And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, like an animal. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. David will now be the representative for all of Israel and even for Saul. Verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword uh, over his armor. And he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. You remember, David's a runt and Saul's this huge guy. And he just can't even move in this armor. Then David said to Saul, I, I can't. I haven't tested these. So David, he puts them off. Verse 40. Then he took the staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved towards and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by the gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hand. Verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came out to draw near to David, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into the forehead and he fell on, the, on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. Now there was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So that, he wound, so that the wounded Philistines fell on, on the way uh, from Shamarim as far as Gath and Ekron. That's a great story, isn't it? it it's, it's so familiar that I want to boil it all down uh, to the meaning. What's the, what's the point of David and Goliath? And let me suggest it's this. That in your helplessness when you're overwhelmed, when you can't do it, when you can't have enough to save yourself, an anointed king of Israel, doing the will of the Father, comes to serve his own people. 
And even when they reject him, he still goes out into battle to serve as their representative and win the victory over death and slavery. To bring about freedom for people. An anointed king of Israel who comes to his own and is rejected and serves as a representative for your freedom. Does that sound like another story we know? Yeah, this is a... David and Goliath is a picture of Jesus. It's the one who, who conquered. And so the, the end of the story shouldn't, shouldn't give you lots of courage and you're the hero in the story. The hero in the story is Jesus. It's pointing us to Jesus, to the one who has conquered sin and death and slavery on our behalf. We place ourselves... Uh, in the story as David, and we, we miss the, the point. We, we think we want to be the heroes. We want to be the underdogs that, that overcome. Uh, when this story is so that we will know that there's a God in Israel. The power is not in how much courage we can muster, how brave we can be. The power is in the story of this humble anointed king doing the will of his father to serve his brothers and give his life down as it would be. To go to the valley of death on behalf of an entire nation who has rejected him. And so the question of the story is not how can I be braver? How can I be more courageous? The question of the whole story was right from the beginning. Choose for yourself a man. Who's that going to be? Who is going to be the in-between person for you? And the world, it will look right past David. He's too small. He's too weak. He's not, he's not important enough. He's too insignificant. He doesn't even have a sword. He, David enters the battle with like a sling and a rock against this huge giant. And in doing that, we see even the theme of Samuel come into place that David uh, is the beginnings of the realization of the prayer of Hannah at the beginning. Look in 1 Samuel 2. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 9. The seed of the woman, Hannah, she prays. It says, He will guard the feet of his faithful ones. But the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Exalt the horn of his anointed. David, this anointed king who clings to the Lord and goes out in battle as a representative, it is the seed of the woman who was so promised long ago to crush the head of the serpent. Now, do you remember the description? I think this is just really super fascinating. The description of Goliath is that he's wearing this uh, coat of scales. He, if you look at him, he looks like a snake. He's saying, you want to come at me like a, a dog or what animal? You're coming at me like an animal. And in fact, David is like, yes, I'm coming at you like an animal. And where does he strike Goliath? In the head, the seed of the woman who strikes the serpent in the head. David is a picture of this promised one that was going to come. But he's just a picture of it. He's not the fulfillment of it. David is a picture of a serpent crusher. 
So the moral of the story, the moral of David and Goliath is not that you are David, but that you need a David and that we have a David in Jesus. We have someone uh, when we feel overcome, when we're desperate, when we're lost, when we can't do it anymore, an anointed king humbled himself to do the will of the Father and claimed victory for you and me, to serve as our representative, to beat death and sin and guilt and shame and brokenness all on your behalf to bring freedom and salvation to you. Think about it. Jesus loved you so much that even when he came to you and you said, I reject you, that you sin, that Jesus goes, I'm still going to go into battle as your representative. I'm still going to be the one that conquers death for you. So our response then to the story of David and Goliath is not that we find ourselves as David, but that we find, our, we find, our Dave, we find uh, our Jesus as our David and that we turn just like the Israelites do and follow him. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy to be followed. He is the hero in the story. And so it's a story of David and Goliath, a message on him. Uh, we have to at least uh, point out the picture of everyone asks, who, so who are your giants? What giants are you facing today? What is it that, that you're facing? You're just like, boy, I just don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to get over this. I don't know how I'm going to work through this. Uh, I, I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling helpless. Uh, hopefully this morning you don't go out going, I'm stronger and I'll try it again. Hopefully you'll go out of here this morning and go, Jesus has claimed victory for me. How will I live in that? How will I follow him in that? I don't have to be strong enough. I don't have to beat it on my own. When I choose a man, I'm not choosing myself or the pastor or an actress or someone I want to be like. I'm choosing Jesus, and I want, think, I want to follow him, and he is worthy to be followed. So as you face your giants, don't ask, how can I be stronger? Ask, how does Jesus, this anointed king, who came in humbleness to serve and give his life, how does how does Jesus apply to my situation? How can I follow him into battle? Well, let me pray, and then we'll ask the worship team to come back up as we reflect on this a little more. Lord, this is it's such a powerful picture. And, and honestly, it's relieving to know that you... Um, you sent Jesus as an anointed king who humbled himself to do the will of the Father. And even when he came to his own who rejected him, he still, he still led the battle. He still stepped into the valley of the shadow of death and, and came up victorious. And Lord, would we follow him? I know we're all facing uh, lots of different giants and things that are imposing and overwhelming in our lives. And Lord, I, I pray that, that the king would step into those places, that he would give us the right uh, perspective when we see uh, what you've done on the cross and through the empty grave to know that death no longer has a claim over us. Lord, that we are free in your blood that you have brought about the salvation uh, for, for humanity. 
And Lord, would we follow you? You are worthy. Would we give our lives to you? Would we, when we face things, would we turn to you first and go, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want me to respond to this? So that we aren't slaves to our situations or to sin. And Lord, would you receive all glory and honor and praise in our lives, in our actions, in our words, both today and the rest of the week and the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to the Hollyview Podcast. Please join us for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. We're located on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off Highway 212 in Damascus, Oregon. And you can find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Thank you for listening to the Hollyview Podcast.